0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Drama and Graduate Podcast. Uh, Dara Feely here, as ever. I never go anywhere. Um, very exciting show we have for you today. Thank you very much for clicking on. And as always, if you like, and sh- if you like the podcast, uh, give us a like and a share. Head over to Apple Podcasts, uh, and if you're already listening in Apple Podcasts, great. Um, but. Uh yes, give us a a, a review and a rating if you please. Um preferably you can uh if it could be five star that'd be fantastic. But um you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pressure you on that. Um just so you know that like we would I would love you forever if you if you did that. But anyway, yes, thank you very much for clicking on. I won't bang on too much and yes, enjoy the show. This week on the Drama Graduate podcast, we have Natalie Dix. Good job. I can see. It. Yeah, you're gone. She broke. Yeah, she couldn't keep it. She couldn't keep it. Um, thanks so much for coming on that. Um, so early for you for you to be up and about and answering these kind of questions.
1: I get ready for rehearsals next week, so it's like it's fine. It's
0: warming it's all... you into it. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I just want to start off kind of nice and simple with um, just tell us your journey from your very first taste of performance all the way to when you ended up at the doors of your drama school for your very oh, first so day.
1: so like what made me want to be an actor?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to be here for a while. So, like, um, <laughs> so I was three years old and my mom rented a DVD, a, not DVD because DVDs didn't exist when I was three years old, a video cassette, like a VHS of The Wizard of Oz. And I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I was, I was like, I want to do that.
0: I was exactly the same. Gen- that same... Same film and everything. Wizard of Oz. I loved it. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I feel like it's had that effect on a lot of people because it's just such a, like, it's a brilliant piece of cinema, honestly. It appeals to all ages. It's beautiful. It's Judy Garland.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so good. So I saw that and that was like right there. Then and there. I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to do that. I don't know if like, I knew what acting was. I, I liked playing pretend and I liked, I would, like, I would act out the movie for anyone who would sit still long enough. Every time my parents had people over, I would, like, act out the entire Wizard of Oz for them. <laughs> and my parents, I was really lucky in that my parents are both actors. So yeah. they um, they were, like, okay, we'll put her into an acting class. But they weren't, they weren't. There was no, there was a single, are you sure you want to do this? You don't know what you're getting into. I mean, it's also because I was three. Like, what are you going to tell a three-year-old? Yeah, exactly. But, like, very much like instantly supportive of it which was awesome like you're a privilege i realized that a lot of people have a lot of people have to fight their families over wanting to be an actress and i just had support 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 all the way Brilliant, Yeah. and that's a really big part of my journey i think is that support because i think it's, it, it wasn't you know i so i did i did a lot of like little kid acting classes all my life um i did i did an acting class in new york with this teacher carrie lee who's actually jesse eisenberg's sister oh really um she, yeah she that was the first like that was the first like she she teaches kids in a way that's really fun and engaging, but she like it was also more advanced than any kind of other teaching I'd had. Like she made it, she, she made she made it. It was it's exactly what Hillary said. She made it seem simple, despite not being easy. She was yeah. the first like brilliant teacher I had, and so when I was like seven or eight, my friend, our family friend, worked as a baby wrangler okay. for like casting, so for commercials casting babies, and through the the baby wrangling channels, she found out about this open call for a movie. Yeah. Called Fur, an I'm imaginary portrait of Dean Arbus. It was a, it was basically like a like a biopic about Deanne Arbus, mm. the photographer. Yeah. And so she told my mom about it, and my mom took me to this open call and I got a call back. I got a call back. And eventually I didn't get the part I was going for originally, which was Deanne Arbus's daughter, but they said, we, we want you in the movie, we're gonna find a part for you, which is crazy because I was like an eight-year-old girl and this movie was not about eight-year-old girls. <laughs> so I, I got I got cast as a small role that had a small scene. So and that was like my first ever audition. So that was like a really wonderful promising exciting experience and being on set was just like the most magical experience ever yeah. like you know you'd go to like get your m&ms from the craft services table and nicole Kidman was there getting m&ms and it was like oh cool but i didn't really i didn't really i was lucky i didn't realize how like cool famous people were about that i really chilled it, about and like beating robert Jenny Jr. with and beating nicole Kidman, and that was and the casting director was amazing the casting director ellen parks was like she really like my scene got cut in the end it got cut the day of filming and they didn't tell me until they said well that's a wrap and that was so that was like an awful of awful yeah before like like nicole and robert were really nice and like robert daddy junior said to me like i worked for two weeks on my first film didn't make a second of the final cut yeah and that was like i was like okay so that's i had two days that's not that's quite
0: mental that's
1: bad that's insane but, um, but the casting director really looked out for me and really fought for me and she said she said she would help me get an agent after that so she referred me to a couple agencies i eventually i did audition regularly through like fourth and fifth grade so like from like so then i focused on school for a bit i did like the school i was content to just kind of be a kid you know i i yeah. like I, I refer to those like the natalie has potential as a child star days and then like now there's like natalie is a serious then there's like natalie school days and now there's like natalie is a serious actor days yeah Like, and I'm glad it didn't work out that way, because given, like, everything that happened to me in my life with, like, my mental health and stuff, being successful at a young age would not have been good for me. Definitely at all. So I I did, so then I did, like, school plays in middle school, I did, like, school plays in high school, and high school was really focused on grades because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to drama school or to go to, like, I was was looking at, like, Ivy Leagues and, like, Oxford and stuff, and I wound up falling in love with Northwestern University which is um, very, again, very academic school, like small acceptance rate. So, because I thought, because like is a really impressive theater faculty. They, like yeah. their teachers are brilliant. It's, it's a, but like, it's a very academic school also. And like a lot of the theater that happens there is student directed. So I, I got into Northwestern early decision. I was like, okay, I'm not going to audition. I'm not going to go to drama school. That's just the way it is. I'll, maybe I'll go to grad school after this is done. I mean, like a lot of people in the U.S., do an undergrad a four-year undergrad degree and then audition for a three-year MFA degree. And yeah. those are in my opinion, the best training in the US is the MFA degrees. Like it's okay. not like here where it's like the BAs or the B all and all. It's in, in the US it's very much flipped. But you, it's mostly academics. So I was like, okay, that's the way it is. This is fine. It's yeah. just I'm just a year of academics. I'm good at academics. I like academics enough. And I took like great classes, I took like a Russian lit class, I took German, which is hilarious. I don't speak any German now. I have it on my resume still, which is probably not good. And, um, and then I, and then after a year, and then sophomore year started, and we started taking acting classes. And I had this really amazing acting teacher, Sandra Marcus, and she was just, she was brilliant. I loved her so much, and I was just like, I want to work with you every day, all day. But we were only working with her like twice a week. Yeah for Like two hours at a time, and I was like, I want this. Like, it was like it was, and Sandra had really been there for me for a long time because, like, when I was thinking about dropping out my freshman year, because I like from the day I got to Northwestern, I was skeptical. I was like, mm, I should have gone to school, I should have gone to school. Yeah, but like, I never really I only auditioned for one school that because I got into Northwestern, I got into Northwestern early. I didn't have enough self confidence to do it then. I don't think I did even when I did it. But. <laughs> Who does? Like, oh my yeah. God, who... Very, I feel like very few people
0: apply to drama school confident, you know, like that. Yeah, like, but I kind of feel that like... Because, like, I applied to drama school very, like... Not naively, but, like, I just sort of was kind of blind going into it. Like, I was like, yeah, I'll just see how it goes. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't... Like, I obviously knew it was what I wanted to do, but I just had no concept I mean, of what you know, was no coming expectations. Like, no expectations like
1: so, but I was scared of that so I think I I think I like but I did I did want to go to Northwestern so I, I'm glad and I'm glad I went there cause I, you know Sandra was always there for me I like when I was thinking about leaving first year you know, at audition drama schools this, the the like the SMTT head who was teaching class our classes was like, go talk to Sandra Marquez. So I did. And she was just so supportive and so lovely. So then it be, when it came down to pick our active teachers, I was like, I have to be with Sandra. And she was just, I, I like, you know, I'm sad I missed out on three years of her class. I'm glad I came to the Lear but she's she's so brilliant. She's a Steppenwolf ensemble member. She's just, she's also a dialect coach, which is something I'm interested in. And she's yeah. just like total powerhouse. So that was, and it was actually her awesome class that made me realize I want to do acting all the time. I love this school. I love my friends here. I love my teachers, but I need a structure that's not so academic. And I was, I was, I was being crushed under the academic pressure. I just couldn't. I had total burnout. I couldn't write papers. I wasn't turning things in. I was dropping out of classes left and right, and I yeah. just even you know, classes I liked mm. because I just couldn't keep up with the work because I just wanted to focus on acting. And I was, I was backtracking a little. I'm sorry. I don't tell. No, no, it's, it,
0: it's great. Now. Go for it. Keep going.
1: Junior year of high school, so I was, you know, 16, 17. We're doing Cats, the musical. Yes, Cats. I still know all of it. If you ever want a one-woman production of Cats, you come to me. And um, so we're doing Cats, and I was, I was also you know, I was taking really hard classes and getting really good grades. And my grades started to slip from like A's to B's. And <laughs> I was like, this, this can't happen. I have to get into Northwestern. Yeah. So I dropped out of the school musical and I told myself that day, I was like, I, after high school, I am never prioritizing academics over acting ever again. And there I was at Northwestern doing exactly that. Like I wasn't auditioning for stuff because it was so overwhelmed by all the work I had. I wasn't auditioning. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, time to apply to drama school. So I dropped out of Northwestern in, winter of december 2016 yeah totally and I just think, yeah it was it was it was inevitable me auditioning for drama schools like and you know i just i like i realized because like i i would have probably just done the grad school thing that a lot of americans do but like i just realized like who's gonna pay for it <laughs> yeah. i can't i can't pay for that <laughs> I can't and I also I don't wanna be in school for seven years. I've been in school for five between yeah. like North West and Lear. I it's it, that's enough. Like I yeah. can't I'm so excited to be done with school, honestly. As much as I love Lear and everything, I'm so excited totally to be done though. With this year. Yeah,
0: because you just I think you just get to a point where you're ready to move on from it like
1: yeah, like if yeah. I'm so pissed about COVID, it's like I should have been done in a month, and now I've got to wait three months. I know, <laughs> but I it, know. it's fine. We're all healthy. That's what matters. So I, think I auditioned for drama schools. I'd
0: be interested to know why you chose to go to come to Ireland to train.
1: Right, Okay. So I I was mostly looking at schools in Ireland and the UK because, like I said, I feel like that's just. Uh, compared to the US MFA training, that's yeah. more similar to that than US BFA training. And I just didn't want, I didn't want to do academics anymore. You don't do academics in the UK. And I, and I just thought the training was better. I, if you look at schools like, you know, RADA and like Guildhall, and, and even the Lear now, like at, the Lear was so, but like, that's one thing that I liked about the Lear is that it was really young. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous about the fact that I didn't have a lot of famous alums yet because I saw that the alums it did have were working.
0: Yeah. 20, I, think, yeah. I think
1: Paul Maskell is probably our first like big famous alum. He would be but, like worldwide So yeah, I really liked schools in England and Ireland so I mostly applied to like UK schools and the Lear. There were like two or three schools in the US I applied to but I was I really wanted to go abroad. Yeah. So I and I found the Lear actually when I was looking at Trinity just academically when I was 18. Yeah, so I was, I was looking at Trinity just looking at Trinity because I was looking at like I was considering applying and I saw that they had an acting major and I think it was like an academic acting major but it took me to the later side. I was like, oh, this looks really cool.
0: Yeah. And so, what year was that? What year was that when you were 18? That,
1: that was like 20, 2013, 2014 when I was first looking at colleges.
0: So they weren't so they were even finished their first, they didn't no, even they have, didn't have, have their first grad first yet.
1: up on the website. It was just so it was 2014 because they had the one class up on the website and I remember looking at all of them and being like, wow.
0: That's so weird. I had no idea because like where was I? Like two thousand thirteen, I was, I was in third year in, in in school. Like I was fucking fifteen. Like I had no idea. That's mental. That's I know mental. it was just
1: such a coincidence too. But the Lear always was on my radar. After that, when I when I came when I went to apply to drama schools, it was like the first one I applied to.
0: Yeah, and how did you find I, the audition process I in general?
1: Think I was prepared enough for it. You know, I'm obviously I wound up with Lear, so I wouldn't redo a thing. Sure. But like, you know, if I had another go at it, I would approach it completely differently. I don't. I think I. I was really concerned about playing a monologue in an age range I could be immediately cast as. Whereas, like there were these teenagers I was up against doing monologues in their twenties. are just better monologues. There's not a lot of good teenager monologues. So I was, I was, you know, twenty doing a teenager monologue, and there were yeah. these teenagers, twenty year old monologues. I think that hurt because I didn't really love. My material. I loved my Shakespeare piece, but I didn't like. And I and I loved my reserve piece, but it was, it was just it, it was just my. I don't know why it was my reserve piece. If I yeah. loved it so much. See, I started with doing my reserve piece as my first piece, and for the first two auditions, I did no callback. Really. So yeah. So I just. I actually only. Yeah. It was just like I was like I was like okay. I'm gonna just switch up the monologues and see if that helps. And then the next school I did, I switched up the monologues. I didn't open with the reserve piece, but they asked to see the reserve piece. So I did all three monologues, and I got a callback. So that was. Mm. switching up the monologues did something but I, I think you have to really love all of your pieces and when I was looking for pieces for third round I found a piece I really loved um but it was yes yeah, so that was and that was the first time like I realized if I'd approached the whole process with the monologue I loved that much I would have had more fun yeah and probably would have gone better but again it went, it went well because I wound up with the Lear, so yeah I can't complain but mm. it was and the lyric audition process for me was really different because I auditioned over video I actually, because I was paying for all my flights from Chicago to New York, because I was still living in Chicago, I was paying for all my auditions, and, like, I, so I, I applied to the Lear right away, but I didn't schedule an audition, because I was waiting, because I, I was waiting as long as I could to make the payment, Yeah. and I, they emailed me after i gotten all these rejections, like, hey, are you still going to audition, because the Lear's American auditions are really late, they're, like, in March, for first round.
0: For first round?
1: Yeah, for fir- the first rounds in, like, early March. Fuck, um yeah. And they do second round and first round on the same day. Yeah. So I, I they emailed me about that and I was like, oh, um, I'm waiting on a stipend. This was waiting in here, but I got the final call back for another school in New York. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting on a stipend. Let's play. Like, I kept, I kept it vague, and I kept it, like, sounding fancy. And I was yeah, like, trying yeah. to, like, make it think I was interesting and important. <laughs> like, that matters. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I was like, really long, and I didn't get that final callback, so I didn't get the travel stipend to come to New York. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry I can't make the auditions this year, but I'd love to audition still. Would you take a video? And they were like, sure. That's
0: so, I so, sound. In,
1: yeah, so I sent in a video of me, of all three pieces. I said, sent, sent in the reserve. I was like, you're seeing all three. I think I had the best luck at schools where I did all three pieces.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So I did, I sent in my reserve, and I sent in everything. And then I got a Skype interview with Lachlan, which was terrifying. <sighs> And then I got third round after that. So I came over for third round and I just, you know, there was a smaller school in America I got into that I was thinking about going to, but then I came to the Lear and I did third round and I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa, I have to do this. So if I don't get in here, I'm just gonna audition again next year. I was content with that because I loved it so much. And I was like, okay, this is where I have to be.
0: So there's one thing that I am always kind of interested in about getting into drama school because your year is kind of balanced in terms of ages in terms of like there's people who are you know late 20s and people who were um like 18 like coming in and stuff um yeah. and i think it's always something that i've been interested talking to somebody people who like would you feel personally that you nearly would have liked to have well obviously not to because you you're in a rare position of you dropped out of a degree to come to the layer okay. so like you and that's a very kind of set decision to come in at a bit at a at a younger age, um, do you feel like you benefited from having older people in the year, in a very different way, like kind of having a mix of ages, because that's unusual in a learning environment.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's something to that be at age drama school that I really like about it. But I also think I was able to like it so much because I'd had that experience of being with people my age, and yeah. I think I got to have both, which is so lucky. You yeah. know, I think I think I would have, you know, I think I would have wondered what would happened if I'd gone to a normal college just as much as I was wondering. If I if I should go to drama school when I was at a normal college, you know, yeah. like, I, think, I think I would have been curious either way. So I think I actually the way I went about it, getting to do a little bit of both, was really was really lucky.
0: Yeah, because it's something I always I feel have
1: that now from the from the degree. But hey, <laughs> Cause
0: it's, it. it's something I always feel about. Because like obviously I went straight from secondary school to foundation and then to the BA. Like, and I always like right now I was I was talking to Aiden the other day, and I was saying like I don't feel like I right now I don't like wonder what it's what it was like to be going to college but i can imagine a few years time going like oh that might be might have been something that could have been nice to because because like the lear for our first time college experience it is in the college experience it's like boot camp dojo um it's insane like um
1: people it's like it's also so fun like I don't know I don't think I, so I hope people understand how fun drama school is you know yeah. like I think people are worried about missing out on the fun at university more so than the academics of it because like I think you know if you want to go to drama school you know you don't want to sit and sit and write papers and do a degree course but you're curious about the social aspect of
0: 100% yeah 100%
1: college you know like I, I've been to a frat party I can tell you you've been to one you've been to a mall it's not worth <laughs> like i you know i've just had so much like drama school it's different it's completely different but it's it's still so fun totally and it's it's, its own kind of fun that people in degrees pro normal degrees never get to experience it's yeah. like it's like a super secret society or something
0: yeah it's literally just a, it's a cult it's a fucking cult no, um, it's
1: an absolute cult
0: how is it going everyone so sorry to interrupt i hope you sincerely are enjoying the podcast um and i'm sorry to be cutting in but i just wanted to ask you all a quick favor um, alongside having already done me a massive favour By clicking on and listening to the podcast Which once again we really appreciate What would be extra appreciated Is if you would If you are listening on Apple Podcasts If you could maybe give us A cheeky 5 star rating um, And Maybe write a review A good review preferably um, Bad reviews they, they don't tend to really Help that much um, but if you were able to leave, leave us a five star rating And write us a review It could really help stretch The the net that this podcast could, uh, could cast The podcast cast um, So if you could find the time to do that That would be really, really greatly um, appreciated um, So yes, I will not be taking up any more of your time Once again If you can Five seconds Five star rating A good review it would make the world of difference to this series. Um, and I would love you forever. Genuinely, I mean that. Um, so yes, enough out of me. Back to the show. Yes! Such cult. There's a thing that um, one of our teachers, David Horan, always says. Um, and he said it in when I, was, when I was in first year. I think he said it to you guys as well, that... You, you come to the, you come to drama school and you think all oh, your problems are going to be solved and you're like F-, but then you get there and you're like fuck me like you like the, the 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 balloon kind of pops and did you feel that in your first few months of the league that you were kind of
1: oh yeah i felt completely out of my league first year completely mm. and i mean like i i just didn't really have a lot of self-confidence because yeah. i guess i don't know i i i just cause, so yeah i didn't really I wasn't doing a lot of acting with Western, so I didn't. I wasn't coming in with a lot of validation, you yeah. know. I mean, I had my parents supporting me and my parents being honest with me the whole time because that's they're really honest, which is great. Yeah. So I, I came in very self aware, but not very confident, and I think that the confidence sort of built gradually over second year for me. Like first year, I was a mess. I was a mess. I just felt I because first year's so improv based too. You know, Hillary's totally, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, at, like, at unstructured improvs I suck I will willingly admit I suck Yeah, I, I, I suck I'm not funny I'm not clever in that context yeah. I'm just I suck yeah. so I just spent the whole first year in Hillary's class just sucking <laughs> and, and that was really kind of humbling in a way I think that's part of the reason I don't have much of an ego now like I, I'm much more confident now I'm very confident now yeah. especially given all the how good the training has been but I think having a year of just like getting up there and sucking it was also really liberating too it made me like less afraid to try things especially in front of hillary like that's why i was so bummed we didn't get to have her as a director after all so I, was like, I was like begging luck that it put me in Hillary's so i was like please i'm so comfortable with her she's seen me so bad
0: like it's shaking off so much of your bad habits and like you really do spend most of it kind of like <laughs> on your getting like egg in your face do you know what i mean you're kind of just like
1: yeah first year is about
0: sucking i think yeah it's a big part of it
1: and i think the people i think i've seen a lot of growth in myself and in the people who like weren't afraid to suck you know like i think i think a lot of us i think we've all grown obviously but i think like you know being bad at being bad at improv doesn't make you a bad actor i'm just going to say that for everyone who is struggling through improv and acting technique right now so it doesn't true. It doesn't make you a bad actor. I, I'm terrible at improv. I'm good at character improv, I will say. Character improv is awesome. I need to know, like, who I am and what my relationship is to other people. Because what scares me about, like, those unstructured improvs is, like, what if I make a choice that contradicts their choice? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. about it. I just, oh, like, I, I never want to do unstructured improv ever again. I have all these friends who are, like, out of school taking improv classes and stuff. I'm like, no fucking way. It's hard, like, it's very <laughs> hard.
0: And I think it's... Cause I think you're right, because character improvs, um, like, that that structure it makes it easier to, to inhabit the world rather than kind of making up your own one on the spot. It's it's, 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 it's tough. Like. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I will say that character props, even when they suck, they're still fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You still learn something. You learn what the character isn't just as much as you learn what the character is.
0: Yeah. That's it, because I think there's so much, to, like, there's, I think that's such a, it's such a big thing about it, but it's, like, almost one of the hardest things to accept that you have to be bad first. Like, in, in terms of, like, or not even that you have to be bad, but you have to allow yourself to be to be bad. Like, because if you're trying too much to be good, you're like you're tiptoeing around it, and they don't they don't appreciate that. Like you don't you're not, you're you're not, not learning.
1: You're not fully committed to it if you're trying to be good, because then you're you're watching yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, and you can't be watching yourself.
0: No, you can't. Definitely.
1: You've got like, and that's one of the hardest things I learned to think. I think is to stop watching yourself because that yeah. that was one of my biggest problems first year. So I would, except for character improvs I would always watch myself.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Like I, I can count on my hand the number of instances, like besides character improvs where I did not watch my watch myself. It wasn't good. Yeah, like it's hard. It's a hard habit to kick, and I think a lot of us have it. I just think I cope with it very poorly. I think I lived because I am. Yeah, I had my own mental health stuff going on.
0: Yeah,
1: so the first year was really difficult for me in that too so I had that on top of feeling like I sucked on top of watching myself all the time and it was just like oh god but I, I never I never didn't love it you know even totally, though, I was struggling, yeah. though it yeah. was awful I was so grateful to be where I was I was so like I was excited to come into college every day even though I fell flat on my face most days
0: yeah it's a big part just of it me. like massive part of it and then I think just to was there a moment then that you felt like if you could pick one because I feel like drama school is filled with so many like if you could pick a moment that you felt was like a defining moment for you in your training like if you if there was a moment where you just because one of the things that I like Emma Creaner once said to me like you might get one a term like one moment a term that you, everything just kind of hits and you're like oh cuz it, cuz it and cuz so much of the training is kind of spent without those moments of like fuck but like you know it's if you could pick one what would you pick if you, if you could i
1: had one counting on my hands one good improv and acting technique all year and that one it was just it was like a door open i don't think I, I wasn't better at it after i did that one good one just to be clear yeah. but like having one good one felt like such a victory it was like holy shit i i can do this and again i did not do it in subsequent improvs but well then eventually we were mostly on text after that so i kind of yeah. got right, like towards the end of the the unstructured improvs i got okay in it yeah. so that was
0: you I think, you're so right. Though, but like, because as you said, like you did that, you had one successful improv, but it was just that moment where all of a sudden, like, you realize you can do it. Like it kind of because sometimes so much of the training is you're struggling with something, and it might only happen once. Like it might happen once, and then it takes ages for it to settle into your body. Like, but it, 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 it's when it's that one moment where all of a sudden you can see it, and you're like, okay, I can. Like I have the capacity to, to yeah. go with it, you know what I mean? It's it's that, yeah. like.
1: I've always said to myself, since I was a kid, if I did it once, I can do it again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: Because even though I didn't, like, even like, we weren't doing a ton of improvs after that one, but like, you know, having done it once, I was like, that's that means it's in me, you know? Yeah. Like, I am capable of doing it again. It might be exhausting and really hard, but I can do it again.
0: What, for you, was the best, what was the best thing you experienced about drama training?
1: Ooh, that's hard. Mm. Um, that's really hard. <sighs>
0: Tough, like, and as I said, as I said to Aiden, it could be something like the vending machine. Like, it could be something so small and like insignificant.
1: I was introduced to Kinder Buenos, <laughs> so that was kind of exciting for me.
0: Yeah, I love Kinder Buenos. i
1: never had one before. They were in the vending machine, <laughs> and now I love them. That's my um, go-to. This is a hard question. It's a good question. The best yeah. part about a drama training, I just think, I think drama training has given me a kind of certainty that yeah. I wouldn't have had if I hadn't done it. Yeah. you know like I have this I have this confidence in myself I think it gave me confidence it, it you know it absolutely broke me down at first but I was built back up so much stronger and so so meticulously by all the teachers and the administration and everything and it was just like I just feel like I I, I don't think I'll ever I hopefully will never ever again question whether I am a good actor yeah because like I just I, I, I feel like I've done because I have done the work I put the work in and I, I, work, and I worked hard and I think I just feel and I and I see the work working and you know in you guys in Portia Coughlin and in like and in my classmates like it's just like that's what's amazing about like watching I watching the second years is the most exciting thing for me about being in drama school because you guys you really see the growth from show to show to show mm-hmm. and then in third year watching the second years going to third year like that's such a it's it's such a brilliant it, like that I think that's just that is watching the training work
0: yeah it is it definitely is and
1: that's one of my favorite things about it is watching the second year's transition to third year and then doing it myself was terrifying but like it is they do kind of ease you in sort of yeah. I mean well we were sort of thrown in with Katrina McLaughlin but like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: in it was
0: so funny though because I remember when I was in foundation you guys were in first year and like so like I've been kind of like I've been with you for oh your, the entirety of your three years.
1: It's not clear for me without Dara feeling there,
0: man. <laughs> and then, and then to counter that, um, what was the hardest thing you experienced?
1: Can I just say unstructured improvs?
0: Yeah, totally. That's... That,
1: was just, that was just the hardest thing I've ever done, and you know, so many of my classmates are so quick and so clever, and my brain just doesn't work that way. So that was just. I hated it, and movement was really hard for me at first too. I had a really hard time in movement just because I, I I'm not a dancer by trade or anything. I I I, I do yoga now, and which has really helped. I do yoga, I do yoga is great. Yeah, just like ten minutes, a day, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Yeah, but um, I like so really struggled with movement at first, with like feeling like I was connected with other people, feeling like I was connecting with my body. But then um, on my evaluation for Blood Wedding, our first show of third year, Katrina said very good movement skill.
0: Yeah and I was
1: just like, this is this is my victory lap. I emailed Sue right away. I was like, Sue, you won't believe what Katrina said about me. And it was like, so it just showed. It just for me that was like a huge movement was one of the hardest things I dealt with. Like yeah. I, because I would had a lot of background in voice and speech. I'd taken voice and speech in like Western. I'd worked really closely with their speech teeth voice and speech teacher, at mm. like one on one. I was like assisting her with things, and I just like so I had like a really strong foundation in that. But in movement, I just didn't have any vocabulary I didn't have any so movement was really hard but it was the thing I think I needed most you know and I think, yeah. I think it's the thing I got the most out of and yeah so that was like I think that's what's
0: so so then there's another question that's kind of a like one that I I'm personally interested with because I feel like it's one of the things that are isn't really focused on when you're um when you're thinking of coming to drama school it's not really something that you think but like living with drama school and like looking after yourself in terms of like your physical health your mental health um like those are things that because we spend so much time in there and particularly for like people like you and me who who moved away like granted i was just i just moved up the road from Cork to Dublin but you moved across the sea um living away from home for the first time looking after yourself and this applies to all colleges not just drama school but i feel like drama school demands so much of your physical and your mental um capabilities how did you find dealing with that going forward and how did you learn ways to counteract them
1: um oh well I was thinking that it wasn't my first time moving away from home that really I don't think I don't know if I would have been able to do it Hmm. right out of high school I don't think I would have been ready to move all across the sea yeah right out of school i think because I, and like i lived in an apartment in chicago so i knew how to cook for myself i knew all these things i mean i knew how to cook like two things but like that's all
0: you need. <laughs> that's all you need like if you can eat it it's grand
1: <laughs> if you can fry rice and crack an egg in it that is a meal
0: <laughs> yeah it's so true
1: all you can do sriracha yeah So I did I did a lot yeah, so I I had like a sense of how to live kind of independently and oh it's so it's so nice being back with my parents right now. Like I don't wanna go back to cooking and clean it. I'm really well I do clean and cook here but like it's different. But like in terms of mental and physical health, uh get eight hours of sleep a night. That is something I will say has been a game changer. I really prioritize getting I I try to be in bed by like eleven and especially I've had to move a bunch of times because Dublin's housing situation is a nightmare and I'm going to be, I'm going to, so like my last housing situation was in Kilmainham, so it was like, it took like 40 minutes for me and two buses, for, yeah. or, or a bus on a 20 minute walk for me to get in in the morning I had to get up, I had to get the bus before 7am if I wanted the bus to stop for me mm. so just like, in, ter- the, in terms of Dublin and the commutes required in Dublin sort of forced me to be good at getting sleep, Yeah, and then because I was good at getting sleep, I was, you know doing better in class. I getting sleep Taking your meds. If you've got any kind of medication to take, take it consistently. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's for your mental health. Just take your meds. Don't question it. I know nights out are fun. And if you got to get home and you go to sleep and take your meds, get home and go to sleep and take your meds. Yeah. That's been a huge thing for me is being regular on my, the medication I'm prescribed. Because I wasn't first year and it really wreaks a lot of havoc on my social life and my mental health. Mm-hmm. And But then when I started, I, I, sort of, I, was, I resented the fact that my life had to revolve kind of around taking medication. Yeah. Like once you accept that and get used to it and fall into a routine with it, it no longer feels like your life revolves around it. It just yeah. it just becomes another part of your life. Yeah, Totally, so that was a big thing for me. I mean, I, I don't know I don't I don't know other people on meds here because <laughs> no one talks about it here. And then the US we talk about it like crazy. It's yeah.
0: so weird. I feel though that it's good though because like as you say, it's not it's not a lot of people are open about it. And like if if somebody's listening to this and if they are taking meds and they haven't been taking their meds because as you said, like they don't have to talk about it to anybody else but if they can hear from this to be like take your fucking meds then that's you know I feel like that could be
1: enough for, yeah. you know? hi everyone take your meds please any kind of meds I don't care what they're for if they are prescribed to you every day please <laughs> take them every day it will really make a difference in your life and what else oh, in terms of physical mental health sleeping has been a big one yeah yeah uh, Um, I think being – but also, like, letting myself have fun and be social, you know, like, saving up a little money so I could have some drinks and a spice bag on a Friday night. I think getting so – like, you know, I go to every party because it's just so – we don't get to, we don't get to go out and be crazy the way you do when you're at a normal college. And again, I'm lucky I had that because I don't crave it as much when I'm at the Lear, but like take advantage of every social opportunity you can, even if you're like a little uncomfortable with it at first, like go outside of your comfort zone socially because you're going to regret not doing it later. Yeah. Because you just spend so much time in that school. So you need to expend that energy somehow. So I think like be social, get coffees with your friends during your lunch break. If you need a little pick me up, you know, it's like,
0: so this is one, this is a question that I, that I'm asking everybody and you don't have to answer it, but it is a question I feel like I should ask is that, was there ever a moment in your time here where you considered dropping out and leaving school?
1: Mm. Um. From the beginning, because of my mental health, I always felt like I was fighting to stay. Yeah. So I just, and I'd I'd overcome so much to get there and I'd just been through so much shit and I I just, so I don't think I ever really considered dropping out. I will say like being at home with my parents right now is like the closest I've come to wanting to drop out. Now that I want to drop out, I've come this far, I'm not going to drop out, but like, it's just so nice being at home and not being a student right now that I'm so reluctant to go back. Yeah. Like, I, I think during the training, I just, it was just always for me, it was such a fight to like be in shape to stay there and to work on myself so I could stay there so like I just think I, I just fought too hard to ever consider dropping out
0: that's good that's great though
1: yeah and I just, especially because I dropped out from another school you know I, just, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, had, I have done the dropout thing it's not fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know what you mean so there's two there's two final questions um that I think are very they're two kind of lovely questions I think they're nice they're, I think they're really good questions to end on so say um Time travel exists and you're able to travel back to uh, your very first day on the Lear and you're able to stop Natalie Dix on her way into the building and you're able to give her one piece of advice before she walks in. What do you say to her?
1: You're here for you. Yeah. You know, like you make, you know, be nice, be social, but like you don't need to care about what anyone else thinks. Yeah. You're here to train. You know, you you you'll make some friends in the process, but you're not here to impress people. You're here to get what you need to get out of it, and that is your own journey. And it's going to be harder for you than it is for other people. Maybe, I mean, I I, it's going to be more openly hard for you. I think other people had as hard a time as I did. They just carried themselves better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like that. But that's the thing. Like other people are having just as hard a time as you. They're just not showing it because most of them are Irish. Like I yeah, because like things I I would show my upset and show my frustration a lot more easily and more openly than other people, I and mean, that made me feel really alone. But like I think mm. other people were struggling just as much as me. So don't don't have empathy, you know. Don't discount. Don't get so caught up in your own struggles that you forget to empathize with people who maybe can't show it as well as you. Maybe wish they could show their emotions as well as you. So like mm. you know, have empathy and don't
0: worry about what other people think even though that's easier said than done yeah good It's good advice Rowan Rowan Finkin said this to me um, when I was in first year and it was one of our it was one of my very first few weeks and we had a coffee date and it was great it was a great chat well he said to me um, to always remember where you were when you got the call from Lachlan to tell you you got into the into drama school I feel like it's the nice it's a nice one to end on because I I think in those times of struggles and in those times where you're really Kicking yourself and you're like fuck. I think it's a nice thing to remember because I think everybody experienced that moment of elation when you got the phone call. So,
1: so like I was so convinced I was not gonna get in because third, third, I don't know, like I don't know what you thought about your third round, but I was pretty blown away by everyone in my third round, yeah. and I was just like, yeah, like third round is high caliber, and I, so I, I I was really sure I wasn't gonna get in, and I was I, I called my parents the night after third round. I was like, listen, I got, I was like crying, I was like. <laughs> Like, I was like begging them to let me do that. And I was like telling them I needed, I needed to go here. I like I so I, I I like hung up, cried myself to sleep. I woke up in the morning. So I when I went to Dublin, I think again, I think I thought I wasn't going to get in. So I booked myself like a little trip in Dublin. I stayed in an Airbnb near the Lear for the weekend of third round, and then after that, I moved into a hostel for like a week just to explore and totally. come around, and have be a tourist. Yeah. And so I was. It was the day I was moving from my Airbnb to my hostel. So it was the Day after third round. And I got a call from an Irish number on my phone, and I figured it was my hostel, like calling me to confirm my booking or something. So it was like I, like, I did not even for a second think it would be Lochlandian. I so I pick up and I'm like, what? And it's like, I mean, we would like to offer you a spot, and I just started bawling. He didn't know what to expect from me. Yeah. I was just bawling, and he was like, so like, can we, can we? Do you think you're going to take your place? Are you waiting on any other schools? And I was like, I want to go here. Yeah. And he was like, Sorry, I didn't understand that, and I was like, "I want to go here." <laughs> yeah, but that that reaction to the call kind of predicted how my first year was going to go. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's great. Well, that's it. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on. Oh, this was
1: fun. This was kind of therapeutic.
0: And there you have it, the wonderful Natalie Dix. Thanks very much to Natalie for coming on. Uh, if you liked the podcast, give us a like and a share give us a good rating and review on apple podcast if you please and if you want to find out more about natalie just head over to the lear.e for students and you, she's there for you she's waiting for you um so once again thanks to natalie for coming on and thank you very much for listening to the podcast if you have any questions that you would like to know about drama school that i haven't been asking that i haven't thought of please let me know and i will try and ask them in the next episode um but for now Thank you very much for clicking on and I hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you again next week.